More and more people that I know and love are being diagnosed with breast cancer, and it's not getting any better. This podcast will publish during Breast Cancer Awareness Month, which I have a love-hate relationship with. I hate that breast cancer and all cancer exists, especially to the devastating extent that it does today. I love the support that breast cancer patients and survivors get in October. I hope they feel seen and cared for. I hate how commercial it has become, with companies trying to sell junk food with a pink ribbon on it as if they really cared. I love that it encourages women to think about their health. I hate that the focus on breast health is on detection and not prevention, and that that focus ends on November 1st. The American Cancer Society says that in 1901, the cancer rate was 1 in 8,000 people. Today, it's 1 in 3. Yes, we have better detection now, but that can't account for the alarming increase. For breast cancer specifically, the rate is now 1 in 8 women, and it is the most common cancer among women. To really put this in perspective, that means that every two minutes, another woman is given a new diagnosis of breast cancer. All of this leads me to what I want to encourage you in today. Your breast health should be a priority to you year-round, and a mammogram should not be the extent to which you, quote-unquote, take care of yourself. A mammogram can have its place if you want it to, but it does not prevent breast cancer. The goal isn't to find it early. The goal is to not get breast cancer at all. And to be honest, if you don't want to be in the one to eight statistic that does get breast cancer, you're going to have to be different. You're going to have to find a different lifestyle, different mindset, different plan than the majority of Americans have. We can't let the current cancer statistics become our normal. It is not normal for that many people to be that sick. We have to start prioritizing breast health and teaching our daughters to do the same. Welcome to the Daily Wellness Podcast, where you can learn about healthy living and be inspired to take the next step in your wellness journey. Let's talk about three changes you can make for overall breast health. Before we start, I have to give a couple disclaimers. I am not a doctor and this podcast should not be taken as medical advice. And if you're concerned about your health, you should seek help from your doctor or better yet, multiple practitioners. I am also not saying in this episode that if you do all these things, you will not get breast cancer. This is a list of things that I do and are things for you to consider if you have a goal of preventing breast cancer. Finally, this list is not exhaustive. I'm sure we could add lots to it, but it's a great place to start, and I want to give my best shot at not being the one in eight. I want you to as well. As I said before, we are going to be looking at changing three areas of our lives, our lifestyle, our mindset, and our plan. When it comes to your lifestyle, you need to be thinking about your breast health every day. Yes, every day. Be living your life in such a way that you are working to disease-proof your body, making it inhospitable to cancer. This includes the food that you eat, the personal care and home products that you use, managing stress, and getting good sleep. We'll talk more about these in a bit. Second thing to change is your mindset. 
The American healthcare system is built for diagnostics and treatment, surgery and pharmaceuticals. It has its place, but it's not educating you on prevention, and you need to know that. You have to educate yourself on prevention. Is your goal just to have cancer detected if it's there, or would you rather not get it? I'm guessing you'd rather not have it at all. And in that case, you need to flip the switch to a cancer prevention mindset. And that is something that takes place 365 days a year. Lastly, we need to talk about your plan. A yearly mammogram will not keep you from getting cancer. It will just detect it. It is not prevention. It is diagnostic. I really think that women go to get a mammogram thinking that it will help them to not get cancer. That's not how it works. To make the prevention lifestyle changes that I mentioned above, you're going to need a plan. How are you going to eat better, sleep better? How are you going to lower your stress? Don't keep it theoretical. Make it your reality. So let's get into the nitty gritty of what a plan could look like by going through what I have implemented. There are more things or other things you could do besides what I'm going to talk about for sure. But I think this will be a great starting point to get you going in the right direction, thinking about the right things, and to help you start making changes. Feeling good and at peace with your breast health plan, and any other health plan for that matter, is crucial. If you feel like something is off or just not right for you, I'd really encourage you not to ignore that and to keep researching and working on your plan until it feels perfect for you. So this is what I do and why. First, there are things that you could do yearly. As mentioned above, my goal is breast cancer prevention, but detection is part of my overall breast health plan. For example, a breast exam at my yearly gynecologist appointment. This is already part of what my doctor does as a part of my yearly exam. I'm just saying it's nice to have a professional opinion on my boobs. It's always good to hear the words, looks good about that area of my body. You know what I mean? All jokes aside, though, I mean, I only know what my breasts feel like. That's the only experience I really have. I don't go around feeling other people's breasts. Um, but my doctor, right, does this consistently, has more knowledge and experience. So I just appreciate the bit of peace of mind that I get from this. Mammograms are another thing you could do yearly and are a popular detection tool. I personally have chosen not to get a mammogram, and you can choose for yourself what you feel good about for your breast health plan. Remember I said if there are things you don't feel good about, you need to not ignore that. I honestly don't know if I will ever get a mammogram. I just know that right now it doesn't feel like a good choice for me. I use a different method of detection that doesn't use any radiation, and at this point, I'm happy with it. And that brings me to what I do every six months. So this would be bi-yearly. And that is that I get thermograms. Thermography does not involve radiation. Instead, it is a detection tool that uses an ultra-sensitive camera to provide high-resolution infrared photographs or heat images of the breast. I actually do my whole upper body. This is how I found out that I had fibrocystic breast tissue. A team of doctors reads the images and they are able to compare my thermography images as time goes by and see changes in my tissue and my new heat activity from my cells. 
This is another routine that gives me that coveted peace of mind. You may have to do some research to find a place that offers this in your area. If you want to know more about it, you can listen to my interview with a clinical thermographer. It's another podcast episode that I did, and I'll link it in the show notes for you. I like that thermograms have a more preventative benefit to them. You could choose to do thermograms and mammograms if you wanted to. Thermograms can detect problems that may potentially turn into cancer and give you a chance to work on healing before it gets that far. There are also things that I do monthly. I do monthly self-breast exams. Data from a study of women receiving care through California's Breast and Cervical Cancer Treatment Program showed that 64% of women self-detected their breast cancer. I've read varying research with numbers of self-detection being anywhere from 40 to 70%. That is a significant number. There is a certain skill to doing a self-breast exam that I feel like you need practice in and can definitely get better over time. You can become more confident by going to mybreastfriend.com. I'll link it in the show notes for instructions on how to do a breast exam on yourself really well. As the My Breast Health Organization says, you may get your yearly mammogram or thermogram and ultrasound, but there are still 364 days in the year that your breast tissue can change. Self-exams are so important. So let's move on to what I do several times a week. What you are doing on a weekly and daily basis has the greatest impact on your health, including your breast health. So now we are really getting into things we can do for prevention. One of my practices is stimulating my lymphatic system. Your lymphatic system is an important part of your immune and detox systems. If you aren't familiar with the lymph system, I would just encourage you to go and Google an image of it. It is fascinating. What the lymphatic system does is remove waste and abnormal cells from your lymph. You don't want the system to be sluggish or blocked and for all of those toxins and waste to get clogged up in your body. I use dry brushing pretty regularly as a way to stimulate the system and improve drainage. Lymphatic massage works for this too, and also rebounding, which is bouncing very lightly or lightly jumping. Those are all great. Drinking lots of water, a healthy diet, and exercise also support your lymph system. Another thing that I do several times a week that you may or may not need to do is apply liquid iodine to my breasts. I'll put the one I use in the show notes, but after the thyroid, the breast is the second largest user of iodine. Scientific evidence connects inadequate dietary iodine with higher instances of breast cancer. Iodine was recommended to me to help with my fibrocystic breast tissue. And along with dry brushing, it has helped a ton with breast tenderness for me. A lot of people are deficient in iodine, and it's best to work with a health practitioner when adding or changing up your supplements. Multiple times a week, we all need to exercise, and we need to exercise to a sweat. I know you've heard this is healthy for you, but you may not have heard that it's an essential part of breast health. Sweat is another detox friend. Sweating is good for you and for your overall health, getting those toxins out of your body. Exercise also helps manage stress and hormones, and healthy hormones are an essential part of breast health. I've got more tips on that coming up. 
If walking is your thing, walk like you're late. Pick up that pace and try to sweat. For women over 40, strength training is really important to add to your exercise routine. You can start with your body weight, doing things like lunges, squats, and push-ups, and then add more weight as you get stronger. Building muscle helps our hormones and helps us maintain a healthy weight. Okay, now we're going to move on to things that we need to be doing every day. (laughs) Can you say that with me, y'all, as you're listening? These are things that we're going to do every day. My first tip is to wear bras with no underwire. I know some of you are like, I never wear underwire anyway. (laughs) You remember that lymph system that I told you about? You have a lot of lymph nodes around your breast and around your armpit. The idea here is that you don't want super tight bras that cut off the flow of the lymphatic system. Sports bras are often very tight. So be careful with those. And so are underwire bras. I used to wear underwire bras all the time. That was like my go-to. But now I just have one that I wear on rare special occasions. And I try to wear more loose-fitting ones on a regular basis. Next thing, on a daily basis, eat real food. This is where the mindset shift comes into play and where the rubber meets the road. Eating real food is simple. It's just real food. But I know it's not always easy. Nutrient-dense foods that are anti-inflammatory and anti-cancer should make up the bulk of your diet. Think about that. Is that what your diet looks like? Nutrient-dense foods that are anti-inflammatory and anti-cancer should make up the bulk of your diet. This is one of my favorite things to talk about, as you probably know if you have followed me for very long. And I've got multiple episodes on eating nutrient-dense foods that I'd encourage you to check out if this is a new thought for you. I know it can be hard because we have food addictions. Cutting out processed foods has to happen, though, and the sooner, the better. Our bodies were designed to eat and digest real food. Processed food is full of artificial ingredients that don't nourish our bodies and instead are toxic to our bodies making us much more susceptible to disease, including cancer. I thought I'd talk about supplements in this section as well because they could be a helpful part of your daily routine that improves your overall health. Supplements should never be a replacement for real nutritious foods, right? You can't add in good seeds to a field of weeds and hope that, you know, you turn out okay. You have to cut out the bad stuff. But supplements can certainly have their place in addressing acute problems or deficiencies. Working with a practitioner and doing thorough testing is a good way to know what vitamins or minerals that you may be deficient in and what supplements may be most beneficial for you. That's the quickest way to get the best results when you're thinking about supplementation. Another thing to think about every day is reducing stress. Stress throws off your hormone system. And guess what? Breast cancer is connected to our hormone health. Stress is like a plague that no one talks about, and it's destroying our health. Again, think about how our bodies were designed to function. They weren't designed to work all the time, to sacrifice rest and sleep, or bear the burden of unhealthy relationships. Take a serious look at things in your life that feel stressful, and then get serious about reducing it. I have grown a lot because, unfortunately, 
I learned the hard way, and my body started telling me that I had to start reducing stress. Some things I do to keep my stress levels healthy are limit my to-do list by saying no more often, address mineral deficiencies, practice deep breathing, my favorite time to do this is before bed, and exercise regularly. Fostering strong relationships and putting up healthy boundaries is also a really good way to change your stress levels for the better. Another thing that I'm pretty passionate about is reducing harmful chemicals in the products that we use in our home. Over the years, I have completely changed my personal care and my household cleaners to ones with safe ingredients. I'll put some details in the show notes about what we use now if you need some ideas because I know it can be hard to like start making those changes when you have no idea where to start. But there are so many good reasons to do this. Related to breast health, many harmful chemicals are known to be carcinogenic, meaning that they have the potential to cause cancer. Many chemicals also disrupt the hormone system. Phytoestrogens are chemicals that mimic estrogen in the body and contribute to estrogen dominance. For example, phthalates that are used in artificial fragrances, parabens in things like shampoo, and BPA in plastics all wreak havoc on our hormone systems. Switching out products in your home may take some time, and that's okay. I recommend changing out as much as you can, as quickly as you can, according to what your budget allows. So just spend some time thinking about that. Don't get overwhelmed and don't feel guilty about all the, you know, harmful products in your home. Just take as many steps as you can, as quickly as you can, according to what your budget allows and know that you're making progress. Another easy tip is to just replace things as you run out of them. As you run out of shampoo, for example, next time buy one without parabens or artificial fragrance. The same for detergents, toothpaste, lotion, window cleaner, etc. It all counts. Read ingredients on the things that you buy and bring into your home. I want to give you three quick changes that I think you could make this week just to get you started. One is switch to a deodorant that has good, clean ingredients. For example, get one with no aluminum, okay? Those are mostly antiperspirants. Remember that sweat is good for us. We don't want aluminum in our armpits. Your armpits are right by your breasts, so make sure that you make this inexpensive switch pronto. No antiperspirants, no fragrances. The second is to remove carcinogenic phthalates by getting rid of candles and air fresheners in your home. Seriously, as soon as you get done listening to this episode, you could take a box and walk around your home and put the air fresheners in there and the candles in there and the wall plugins in there, anything like that that has artificial fragrance, put it in the box and get them out of your house. You can donate them, you can trash them, you decide, but it really should be anything with fragrance, you know, like laundry products, body sprays, plugins, soaps. I know it can take some time to switch over completely. So if you just start with things like, you know, candles and air fresheners, you'll be off to a great start. A third thing that you can do this week is to stop eating and drinking out of plastic. I see women all of the time drinking out of those like disposable plastic bottles and it just hurts my heart. <laughs> okay, they get a stainless steel or a glass water bottle. We love drinking from stainless steel cups and water bottles at our home. We also have glass cups. This is such an easy thing to switch up. 
you can start stocking up on glass and silicone food storage containers too. If you still keep some plastic containers, I mean, I'll admit that I still have some in my home. I just try not to use them very often and I try to make sure that I never microwave them or put hot food in them because that just makes the chemicals release from the plastic. All right, three things you can do. New deodorant, get rid of the air fresheners in your home, and stop drinking or eating out of plastic. That was a lot, you guys. <laughs> we covered yearly, bi-yearly, monthly, weekly, and daily habits. Can you see how this is different from the way most women approach their breast health? Are you starting to make the connection of how your breast health is affected by your home environment, your diet, your hormone health, your exercise, and more? This is how you think about and pursue health for your breasts 365 days a year. This is how you give yourself a chance at not becoming a statistic. One final thought. If you have a daughter, let her be your motivation. She's going to learn about breast health from you. She's going to see what you do or don't do, and she's likely to keep those same practices for the rest of her life. I guess unless someone like me sends her a podcast like this. But really, don't we learn things from our moms? Let's turn the tide for our girls. Let's give them the mindset changes, the lifestyle changes, and the plan that they need to write a different story for their generation. Thanks for listening to today's episode on the Daily Wellness Podcast. We hope that you found it helpful for your own wellness journey. And if so, we'd love for you to leave a review. Then come back and listen for review shout outs on upcoming episodes. For more information, check out the show notes and connect with us on our website, dailywellnesscommunity.com.